This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, for those of you wondering, Kyle, why are you releasing an episode out of turn? I was waiting for part two of the Taya Kyle interview. Guys, I promise you we will get back to our normal posting schedule and you will get part two of my interview with Taya Kyle next Thursday. But this interview could not wait. Okay, so if we go back to episode 181 of this podcast, that was Q&A volume 14. I talked about Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church in Edmonton, of, of, of Edmonton rather, in Alberta, Canada. And so essentially he had violated and the church had violated Canada's Public Health Act. And then essentially where it went from there is they, they were saying, hey, you have to enforce social distancing and masking and you can't have more than 15% capacity at your church. Grace Life Church and Pastor James Coates basically said, ah, you ain't telling us what to do. And a lot of his sermon content was basically very very forceful towards the government authorities telling them, Hey, this is where, this is where you can tell us what to do. And this is where you can't tell us what to do. And then he was arrested. There was a warrant basically the equivalent of a warrant put out for his arrest. He was arrested and he is still in jail as of right now. And so Shout out to Sam Hayeswinkle, by the way. That's one of my foxhole guys for putting this on my radar. Because to be honest, I had just read about it on Twitter. But when I say read about it, I mean, I saw the headlines, right? As you're scrolling through Twitter and you're like, oh, I bet there's more to that story. And you just kind of move on. But Sam Hayeswinkle really, really put that in my ear to where it's like, hey, you really need to look into this a little bit further. It might be worth talking about. And then another shout out to a longtime Undaunted Life supporter, Owen Tiernan. So Owen is actually a member of Grace Life Church of Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. And so he kind of reached out to me on Instagram. He was like, hey, did you know about this? He sent me a video that he kind of made of some of the sermon content that I shared with you on that episode 181. And he was another guy that I talked to because I was like, bro, if you're lying to me, about all this, or if, if I'm not getting the right story and I end up talking about it on this podcast, I'm going to be furious. And so he and I hopped on a Zoom call before I even talked about it on episode 181, just to make sure I had my facts straight. He kind of gave me, you know, a peek behind the curtain and all that. And then he said he could kind of get us in touch with some of the other pastors and all that. And so that leads us to today's, you know, special drop interview. And that is with Jacob Spence. And so Jacob is the associate pastor at Grace Life Church. And so essentially he took over for Pastor James whenever he was arrested. He's been preaching from the pulpit thereafter. And guys, Even as of today, I'm recording this on March the 5th, Friday, March the 5th. As of this morning, there are updates to this case, and and they're just astonishing to think through what the Canadian government is doing. It is absolutely astonishing, so you're not going to want to miss that. So guys, without further ado, let's get into it. Jacob Spence, welcome to Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Oh, thanks for uh, having me on. Thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Uh, I wish you could be here under some better circumstances mm-hmm. than the circumstances that you're in right now. And we will certainly get into all that. And so if you'll forgive me, uh, we are polite down here in America, I promise you, but we will skip the pleasantries and the the normal introductions and we'll kind of get right to what you're dealing with, what you and your congregation are dealing with. So uh, just to kind of get everybody up to speed and then I'll tee you up. Dr. Dina Henshaw, who is the chief medical officer of health in Alberta, she ordered Grace Life Church, which is the church that you are an associate pastor at, to be closed in January. And the reasons given were because of violations of the Public Health Act, which is basically Canada's COVID-19 restrictions. So essentially, your church decided that it would not mandate mask wearing or, or social distancing and, you know, kind of refused to limit the capacity to the government mandated 15% occupancy. And so that's where everything stood in January. And then, you know, the calendar basically went on into February and a lot of things happened from there. So if you would take it from there and let our audience know exactly what happened next, because we're reading a lot of different reports, we're getting a lot of different opinions as to what's going on, but what happened after Dr. Henshaw basically said, Hey, y'all need to shut it down in January. Yeah, so um, 
it ended up in court in a in a lower court court of queen's bench where we lost and shortly thereafter that uh, court proceeding there was an issue to comply with uh, a public closure uh, of the building so we decided to as long as as uh, the, the locks remained um, such that we could still access the building we would continue to to meet faithfully in out of obedience and faithfulness to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, I guess um, James preached the, the February 14th sermon where he called out government, where he said it was the church's responsibility to um, really correct government out of um, Romans chapter 13 and point out their error, um, to point out the different spheres of authority yet again. It had been done a number of times already. Uh, from the pulpit, but um, so um, I guess that that same Sunday he was he was invited to the into into the church office after the the sermon and um, where the police then issued an undertaking an undertaking in my understanding moves it out of the civil matters into the criminal matters and he refused to sign the document out of conscience out of you know obedience to Christ as he sees it and our, our commitment to continue to gather for worship. So he refused to sign it, but it did essentially, whether he signed it or not, move it into um, a, a different sphere, I guess, in, in terms of uh, the justice uh, process. And um, he was to appear, from my understanding, he was to appear in court that same week because of that undertaking that was issued. However, there was no uh, appearance. And then the following Sunday on the 21st, when we met again, um, then he was found to be in breach of that undertaking. So without having the first appearance, it, it automatically jumped to, to the next step. And um, he was asked then to report to, um, to, the, to the RCMP, which is the federal police here in Canada, to the RCMP headquarters in, and and um, where he was again arrested, then brought before uh, a judge, and it was at that point that the Crown attorney um, convinced the judge that he was essentially a, a a threat to the public and a threat to the province of Alberta uh, for the safety, I guess, of of health under that guise, and um, so he was detained and has continued to be. Um, in jail, incarcerated in the remand center here, um, just outside of Edmonton, from what I understand. Well, Jacob, uh, I, I appreciate you kind of bringing us all up to speed on that. And just as as an aside, because I know you've been going through a lot of details and maybe not talking through what you've personally been going through, but what was it like for you personally and for your family when you knew that Pastor James was going to be arrested and subsequently when he was? Yeah, I mean, it, it it all becomes very real at that point. You know, um, we've lived in a society where we haven't experienced in my 50 years, we haven't experienced uh, persecution as, as I have now seen it, you know? So to come into a, a worship uh, setting to enter into the church Sunday after Sunday and have the federal police there to have health authorities videotaping us um, it, it's been disconcerting. And then certainly to see the the level at which it's been ramped up with uh, James's incarceration, and knowing that as I go into this into the pulpit Sunday after Sunday, or even as our people continue to come faithfully to to desire to worship, just not to be able to anticipate 
what the next step will be. Will others be arrested? You know, would I be arrested? Would I be jailed? Would other elders in our in our church be jailed? Would would even people um, from our church be ticketed? Would there be mass ticketing uh, taking place? We're, we're just not sure, and it's all very disconcerting because we we first and foremost desire on Sunday mornings to gather for worship, and that requires a heart preparation that is very much um, disrupted by uh, the government, the government's actions, and certainly the actions of unelected uh, health authorities and um, or health officials, I should call them, and um, and then law enforcement as well. So it, it, it's been troubling, and it, it, you kind of feel like you you don't really have a just a, a stable understanding of of what will come next. But I mean, our trust is in the Lord. We look to him. We know that nothing that's happening is outside of his will, outside of his full knowledge. And so, um, although he does look at, at these days certainly as evil and he is not, um, in any way, you know, um, in favor of the evil doers and their evil doings. Um, he is at the same time taking us down this road which he has prepared us for. And so we are, we're resolved to continue down that road in faithfulness to, to Christ. Right. That that's, that's great. It's a, basically the only mindset that you can have. Mm. And because if you've looked at any history of the church, and I always encourage our listeners to go back to the first century church. And it's like, when someone leaves a mean comment on your Facebook, that's not persecution. There's real mm. persecution happening out there. Mm. And this isn't exactly, you know, being set on fire, you know, to light up a Roman party, but it's certainly not comfortable for those that are experiencing this inside your congregation. Yeah. But as of just this morning, you know, I'm going to be releasing this episode today that, you know, kind of not a normal release schedule. But as of this morning, there's an update on this case and in terms of how this is going to be operating going forward. So what is the latest on what's happening with Pastor James? Yeah, so there was a, a, an appeal um, on on the bail hearing, I guess. And um, what ended up happening was the judge um, dismissed the appeal, upholding essentially the previous judge's um announcement or, or decision, I should say. And so that decision was largely based on James not being able to agree to comply to not stepping foot on the property and um, not agreeing to, to gather together uh, with the people. Of course, he would play a, a, you know, a vital role in that, not not, not that the people are coming because he is he is leading them. They're coming out of an obedience to Christ, obviously, and a desire to worship as we ought to. But um, he could not agree to to basically stepping aside from his pastoral um, responsibilities that have been given to him by God. It's not the government that mm-hmm. determines. You know, uh, there's not an on and off switch on where the government just decides when one can be a pastor and when one cannot be a pastor. So the, the compliance, um, I guess that was issued in the injunction was that he wouldn't step foot on the property, that he wouldn't lead a a worship service. And he feels very much that that's exactly what the Lord has called him to in this, in this world is to, to lead and to, to shepherd and for somebody to, to say that he can't do that. He, he, he just couldn't, he couldn't comply with that. So it ends up, it, the way it kind of sounded this morning was the, the judge said that he's really 
determining his own fate at this point. If he can't comply, then he's really determining that he would remain in jail. He's doing that on his own rather than, you know, the 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 crown or the judge or anybody else. The government certainly uh, taking in responsibility for the things that are, are, are occurring now. Yeah, that's an interesting obfuscation of your actual role when you say, hey, this is kind of on you, hmm. uh, because, you know, when when the mandate is authoritarian or tyrannical to begin with, mm. uh, it's kind of easy to point at the other guy. But uh, I suppose that's maybe a larger philosophical topic that maybe we can delve into a little bit later. But, mm. you know, from an outside perspective, Jacob, the, the way that I've seen it and the way that I've been paying attention to it is it seems like they were trying to make an example. The Canadian authorities, or as you, you called them, probably rightly the Canadian officials, that they're trying to make an example out of Pastor James because he wasn't just preaching on Sundays. He was preaching forcefully and he was speaking out forcefully against the government's overreach and kind of telling them what their rightful place in the world is. And so if he was going kind of the megachurch pastor route, which is basically like, hey, here's your your life lesson. Here's your self-help book uh, with a few scriptures sprinkled in. Perhaps they don't really go after him, but he was really giving them the business. Do you think that that's true? Do you think that the Canadian government saw this as an opportunity to squelch someone that they felt like was out of step? Yeah, I think that they... Uh... They kind of mis uh, misjudge this the situation, maybe misjudge the the position of the church. Um, certainly, again, as I said, we we don't gather because James Coates is standing in the pulpit and, um, and and preaching, but we do gather because we are. It's our conviction that we gather to come around the Word of God Sunday after Sunday. That it would be opened and exposited faithfully. Hand, the Word would be handled accurately, and that's what is bringing people. Sunday after Sunday. Um, certainly, James has been faithful in expositing the word. And uh, when the word is exposited, it, it has, um, it, it, obviously, it goes out. It's profitable for teaching, for proof for correction, training, and righteousness. And um, it's living in, in active and is able to cut right to the heart. And um, so even as he's, he's preaching and preaching these tough texts that are tough to hear, especially I would imagine for government officials who are, who are listening in and um, hearing that they're actually out of their sphere of authority, that they, they have overstepped or overreached their, the authority that God has given them. And all authority is sourced in, in God. Um, I would imagine that that's hard to hear for unbelieving ears. And um, certainly then they looked to James, I think, as somebody that if they just simply removed him, that uh, the problem here in Alberta might be lessened or go away altogether. But, um, you know, just simply removing a shepherd uh, doesn't, doesn't change anything really, because the church, the body of believers, is still under the conviction that we will meet to worship God Sunday after Sunday. So, and, and that has continued and, and and will continue. Yeah, and I think the other part of it is, is uh, I think the government thinks that they can make this go away quietly. Mm. I remember when I was speaking with a member of your church who actually reached out to me directly to to inform me about kind of some of the things that were going on behind the scenes is that they were wanting to kind of rush this thing along as if, you know, if we get this done quickly enough, there won't be enough groundswell of support or, or people kind of going out there and, and saying how displeased they are with this. Um, and so it looks like it's being drug out a little bit, but, you know, we'll kind of see that's partially why we wanted to have you on was to increase the voice and support of James in the situation that he's going through. But are there any other Canadian churches 
that are basically joining the fight. Cause I heard rumblings and rumors that there were going to be some churches last Sunday and all the surrounding areas that were going to open up to full capacity, almost to be like a, you know, pulsating middle finger to the Canadian government, which is basically like, Hey, you're either going to take down all of us or, or, or you're not like almost like testing them. Is anything like that going on in Canada? Yeah, so there's certainly uh, faithful churches that are that are opening to pre-COVID standards, if if we can, you know, use that as a term, um, mm-hmm. recognizing that, you know, it's it's as James said early on, you know, out of ignorance we we followed the the government restrictions, and then it at some point became abundantly clear that the narrative that was being given to us by our premiers, which I guess would be the equivalent of your governor. And um, and the chief uh, medical officers, what, the the narrative just wasn't uh, being backed by by the science that we were hoping, you know, to see. I mean, we're we are intellectual people. It's not that we can just have the you know the wool pulled over our eyes. Mm-hmm. So when we realized that um, you know out of ignorance um, we had been complying and there wasn't not really a need to comply because there wasn't really a, a threat to to our people. And I mean, we've continued to meet now for thirty two Sundays unhindered there there hasn't been sickness the case uh, cases in alberta are going down certainly and um and so i mean that i guess we should actually be studied by science you know because i think there's a case case for exactly that to then then we should be a case study to to show and, and so really james remains in jail then under a theory right the theory that he may pose a threat or the church may pose a threat to society but it's only a theory and it's it, it really has no basis yeah for the for the follow the science crowd they're kind of taking it in the teeth right now because it's like well we can read too and mm. whenever i read these things it seems to me that this isn't vastly different from a seasonal flu it right. is different it is certainly more transmissible. It is certainly more deadly than the normal flu. But to, to have these these global mandates that everything shut down until we've gotten a handle on it, whatever that means. And, and here in the United States, you have a dead person. That's the president now, Joe Biden, who is basically just saying what comes up on the screen in front of him. And it's it's hard because there are people that want to believe the things that he's saying, but he's not backing anything up with any type of data. He's just saying, follow the science. Mm. It's scientism. It's, it's worshiping at the altar of science when the science actually points in the other direction. But here I am. I feel like I'm preaching now, but I did want to ask you about a quote from a recent Edmonton journal article. And it was, I'll just read the quote here. Last Thursday, Henshaw, who's the chief medical officer, addressed the situation at Grace Life, calling it, quote, a rare incident, unquote, and thanked the, quote, vast majority of faith leaders and faith communities who have worked hard to protect each other and their broader communities by following the measures and are in, that are in place, unquote. When I read that, it was like chilling to me because it is it is Orwellian if you're paying attention because she's basically saying yeah these people that were basically reading the bible literally and telling us you know what our place was and everything they weren't doing it right but all these other pansies over here that basically don't want to rock the boat that they're over here just kind of being quiet and they're listening to us because we're the ones in power we're the ones in authority as the point you made earlier it's like you're an official you're not an authority that quote absolutely blew my mind is is that the sentiment that a lot of people are having that are really on the inner workings of this conflict that, hey, this is the government basically telling the church what to do on a macro level, not just in this one instance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is this is an encroachment into into the church. 
And, um, and sadly, we've seen the majority of churches here in Canada, I think, acquiesce to, to what the government has put on the church in terms of restrictions. And, and the government, in turn, has been using that as, as, um, as fuel to add to, to the argument against a, a church like Grace Life, against several other churches that are meeting. Um, currently, there are 10, I believe, that are, are uh, willing to put their, their name out here in Alberta. But there are also across Canada several, that, uh, several more that have put their names on, on lists. And, and, uh, and some just continue to fly under the radar, desiring not to draw any attention to themselves, but so that they can remain faithful and, and not uh, come under the threat of law enforcement and, and the government. So certainly there's that. The, the government... I think we're seeing, sadly, this is, I guess, the this is my thought on it. Um, sadly, I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing the the government adopt the pragmatic approach that we've seen prevalent in evangelicalism for for a while now. So the the pragmatism of of the church in saying, you know, it's the numbers that we're our churches are growing, so what we what we're doing must be true, right? So there, there's that pragmatism. Right. We're seeing that the government's now adopting that because they're they're approaching us and approaching other churches that are that remain, you know, uh, in non-compliance, and they're they're pointing to those those churches that have complied, and they're saying, see, they're doing it, so what we're doing must be right, and they're kind of using that as ammunition against us. What they don't realize is that Grace Life is not a pragmatic church. We're not driven by, mm. by numbers. Um, we're not about rights and freedoms. We are about the gospel. We want the gospel to go forth. We want people's hearts to be to be regenerated under the gospel call. We want uh, Christ to to effectually call sinners to, unto salvation, and um, and so we're, there's nothing pragmatic about it, about us. It, it's a it's a hard message, you know, and um, and so we can't we can't be in compliance just simply because the majority of other churches are in compliance. I mean, it, it, we we need to remain distinct, and and we will. Well, you talked about remaining faithful uh, a second ago, and. Basically, in this situation for these churches that are complying, remaining faithful actually means speaking up. It actually means saying something. So uh, I saw here recently where John MacArthur, who kind of came under fire in the state of California for some defying some of those initial COVID-19 orders. He you know, said a prayer for you and your congregation and for Pastor James, I think it was last Sunday or the Sunday before that, You know, took two minutes out of the, his normal sermon to basically talk about that situation. And he had an article that he recently posted in the Daily Wire called The End of Frivolous Religion. Question mark. And so it was kind of talking about that. It's all these churches that are growing. And I have some enormous ones here in my backyard because I'm in Oklahoma, which is the belt buckle of the Bible belt in, in the United States. And you have these churches that are growing and it, these numbers look good and everybody seems happy. But there maybe isn't a whole lot of gospel being preached. Mm. There maybe isn't a whole lot of theological theological truths. These people come, they get their ears tickled, they get entertained by the band or something like that, and then they just kind of move on about their day. Here I am preaching again. I promise I'll stop. I got a few more questions for That's you, fine, and then I'll let you go because I know you got a lot of things going on, Jacob. Just a few more questions. So one thing that I've seen and a lot of neutral observers have watched is it seemed like Western culture was slowly creeping towards secularism. 
and, you know, kind of towards author- authoritarianism and towards tyranny. And people like are like, oh, socialism doesn't sound that bad or communism doesn't sound that bad because people haven't read a book that was published like after 1950. Mm-hmm. And so it seems at least to me that things have been thrown into warp speed here recently. It's, it's not a creep towards any of those things. Now we're running headlong into it. And much of it is due to the government overreach and control that happened during COVID-19. A lot of us were pointing out like, Hey guys, typically when government grabs control of something, they don't just let it go. They're not like Cincinnati's from Rome where basically he takes over everything, gets everything squared away and then just gives it back to the people. Am I crazy for thinking that we're just running as fast as we possibly can towards secularism, tyranny, authoritarianism, you know, et cetera. That is certainly the direction that this world is heading. And I mean, I, I would say that scripture would testify to that. We see a, um, you know, the, the leftist agenda is, um, it, it has, has taken over. I mean, even this week, uh, removing Dr. Seuss from, from being available, you know, these are children's right. books. So I, I can only imagine even in the very near future, what is this world? How is this world going to approach our scriptures? Like there are going to be uh, even, you know, verses that are going to obviously cause great offense to, uh, to people. And um, if they're canceling children's books, it's just a matter of time before they're going to uh, come after um, Christians. They already are, but I mean, in a much, uh, in a much more uh, defined and, uh, and vigorous way. So yeah, I, I, I certainly agree with what what you've said. It's it's only ramping up, and my fear is for those you know again for those majority of churches that are in compliance now and kind of just lying down for for the government and saying yep we will bow. Um, I can't imagine how they'll stand in the face of what what's coming and what's just around the corner. Um, it it, it right. frightens me actually, and it's uh, it dis- it's disheartening. Right. So something that I kind of have to ask, because I'm sure you've heard it, and it was something that I thought of. A lot of people will read about this story or hear about it, and they'll say something like, you know, this is dumb. They should have just complied. This isn't that big a deal. You know, live to fight another day. This isn't the hill to die on, you know, mm-hmm. something along those lines. But to you and, and to Pastor James, why is this a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal because we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ one day. And um, and that that's a big deal. It, I want, and I know James certainly wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so really everything that we're doing in this life is preparing us for that day when we'll stand before him. And, um, and, and we just simply want to, want to be found faithful. And um, so that's what we work towards. And, and that's a daily pursuit. Uh, it, it involves uh, standing on uh, biblical principles and and certainly the personal convictions that arise out of the study of scripture, out of a life of prayer, out of uh, the pursuit of godly living, and um, and and that's our that's our desire. Our desire is to gain in the next world, and and you know we want to serve Christ faithfully here, but knowing that there's there's more to come, and so we're looking towards that you know surpass this. Counting all things lost, you know, we've counted the cost. We're counting all things lost now for the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And um, that's that's what fuels us. That's what drives us. The, the judges that, you know, James has stood before do not intimidate him in any way. Um, you know, there is a uh, the ultimate judge that he will stand before, and it's him that he is trying to please. 
and you can't uh, you can't please two masters. So we are very cognizant of that, and um, we are enslaved to Christ. We will continue to be enslaved to Christ, and um, we just desire to hear Him say, "Well done." That is a fantastic reminder for all of us. And maybe to put a bow on this for now, what are the tangible ways that the listeners of Undaunted Life of Man's podcast or anyone that might get their hands on this type of material, how can we help? Mm, Yeah, that's that's a great question. Well, certainly bring us before the Lord. We know that that our prayers move heaven, uh, essentially. And so the Lord does hear our prayers. He does respond to our prayers. It may not be exactly as we, we anticipate all the time, but, you know, we need, we need to uh, be strengthened. We know that the Lord will use that to, to strengthen us, certainly through this time, to, to help us to keep our resolve. And um, so, yeah, be praying for Grace Life. Be praying for James and Aaron and their, their young family. Uh, be praying even for... For James and Aaron's mother, mothers, uh, wonderful ladies who uh, are very much a part of the of the family and a part of the struggle that uh, they see their own children in and grandchildren in. So pray for our for our people. Um, we we've had a few uh, uh, congregants that have faced job loss and actually have experienced job loss as a result of being tied to Grace Life. And so we see, you know, this certainly is is jumping over even into the human rights realm. And um, I, I can't fathom that that somebody would lose their job just simply for, because of the congregation that they're a part of. But certainly that's a reality, it seems. There are other things that are coming up against us. Um, and, and certainly this is a continues to be a developing story. So um, James is is one player in this, certainly, and he is currently in jail, but the government and law enforcement continues to to press, so prayer is big. There are ways of uh, financially supporting as well. I know the JCCF, which stands for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms here in Canada, um, they are, they're doing our, our case pro bono and um, have been uh, serving us wonderfully in that regard. So they, they certainly accept donations uh, towards the, the fight here for constitutional freedoms in, in Canada. And we know that that's very much a part of, of, of what we're, we're finding ourselves in. Although, again, that's not primarily our goal is not to get rights and freedoms established, but our goal is, is the gospel. But um, the, there is a connection there. So financial support. Um, yeah. I guess that, that, that'd be a start. Well, we will certainly make sure that all those links are available to our listeners here in the show notes. But for now, you know, we, we want to keep updated on this and perhaps we'll have you on to maybe give some better news later on. And mm. maybe we'll get James on as well after he's out Pretty and wonderful. exonerated. That's, that's the hope and that's the prayer. But for now, that's all for me. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No, you know, I, I'm just uh, appreciative of you, Kyle, and your uh, your podcast for having me on and, and being able to talk about uh, what our church is going through here. It's certainly a, a body of believers. It's not individuals, any one individual, but it's a, it's a, the body of Christ that's in, that finds itself uh, waging war and the, there's wickedness all around us. And, and so, you know, just being able to talk about that is, I'm very much appreciative of your efforts, Kyle. Absolutely. My pleasure. 
Jacob Spence, thanks for coming on Undaunted Life of Man's podcast. All right. Thank you, Kyle. All right, guys, so there is your update, and I promise you we talked off air a little bit with Jacob as well, and we are going to try to get him back on. We're going to try to get some other people from the church, guys. We want to keep you updated on this, so make sure you keep coming back here for those updates. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is cultivating manly resilience, and specifically, we do that by providing content that helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So the links I have for you today are the Grace Life Church website, so there's going to be some updates posted there. And then also, he talked about the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, the JCCF. I got their website here as well. So if you would like to support them financially, they are taking on this case pro bono. So they're going to be fighting for Jacob Coates or for, for Jacob Spence and for James Coates and for really the entire church to make sure that everything's all squared away and that they can get him home to his family. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us five stars and a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2021, so if you want me to come speak on your podcast, at your men's event, at your church, whatever, hit me up. Info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the Version Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is our song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.